Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have Kyle- The Fast and Furious franchise. Oh. Okay, but also Kyle Anderson. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, the Fast and Furious franchise, of course, near and dear to our hearts. Uh, We have a friend of the show, fellow comedian Kyle Anderson, on this week to talk about Dow. Uh, we're really happy that we had him. Uh, if you want to watch more of his stuff, you can go check out uh, Kyle Anderson Comedy uh, on YouTube and on Instagram. Those are both places where you can catch his stuff. One for shows, the other for the stuff that he makes. Uh, he has a video on Dow, which we are covering in this episode. So if you want to see like visuals, um, etc., go check that out. But a bunch of other really interesting episodes, too. Uh, I wanted to say, hey, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. And we're going to Panic Fest, baby. Woo-hoo! That's right. We're in weekend one. That is April 13th and 14th. Is that 13th true? through the 16th. I, I think 13th is a Thursday. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, more info on that is coming soon, but we wanted to put that onto your radar. And I think without any further ado, let's hop into this show. Hello. 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 Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Kyle Anderson. Yay! Yay! I remembered to do it confidently from that. <laughs> we are happy to have you back. You may remember Kyle from our episodes on Crumping and 7M Dance. Um, I don't know if you've noticed on TikTok, they've removed 7M from all their profiles, but they're all still like the same shared profiles and stuff. So weirdness yeah we're doing the lord's work yeah we're not saying that we're responsible for that but uh (laughs) check out this and then i do a sick tiktok dance (laughs) Ooh, look at our punishing the ground (laughs) can i just say really quick you guys have uh some of the coolest fans like i got hit up by so many like probably like 30 or 40 like so many of your guys's fans reached out to ask me who the terrible youtuber i worked for was <laughs> that sounds like our so fans, y'all, yeah. Y'all got cool ass fans that want that tea. <laughs> they want the tea. Honey. <laughs> y'all were awesome. Everybody hit me up a super cool. Yeah, mm. well, what they weren't expecting was the terrible YouTuber is me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just said the Marmondo's YouTube, and I'm like, yeah, reverse trap card. <laughs> He's the one editing all of those horror streams that Mondo and I did where Mondo screams and then I'm just like, pick up that weird thing that you can't pick up. That's fucking stupid. I hate playing scary games because it's just me not wanting to play anymore after one minute of doing stuff. Uh, Yes, welcome back, Kyle. It's so great to have you. Um, I'm really excited for this one. This was a group that you had sort of like teased us with uh, last time. Um, and yeah, and it's it definitely like uh, like this pro- this project Dow um, 
it, it stretches the line of what is a cult, what is a uh, an art project, what is a um, performance art project, right? Like uh, Abramovich kind of like weirdo shit versus like when does that actually start to like impact people's real lives, yeah. you know? But I, I think that this project is really interesting in its scope. Like it, it becomes really big Ooh. and then goes away completely. So <laughs> I'm excited to take you guys on the journey. That sounds a lot like the story of my life. Very weird, got very big physically. <laughs> and then will go away completely. Disappear forever, yes. Yeah, you and Godzilla have a similar <laughs> We all know that Godzilla arose from the deep because of nuclear pollution and then will return to the deep with the eldritch gods. Like, I don't know why this is a debate. I, I hate being compared to Godzilla, but there have been several times that I've accidentally just destroyed something with my foot because I'm not paying attention to where I'm going. I, before we started reco- recording, just informed Armando that I will be in Tokyo to roast battle later this year, and I am now, like, just realize that I'm like I as a fat person have volunteered to go to a place where they will definitely compare me to Godzilla oh yeah Yeah. oh my god well just avoid entering the scene by coming from a a sea of water no I'm planning on make sure you fly there and don't just sort of rise slowly (laughs) from the the bay I'm planning on standing in the middle of the rose battle stage and then just like angling my head back and letting a beam of energy come out my mouth into the sky. Yeah. yeah. Real subtle. (laughs) So you teased it out last time and I was fascinated by like the blurb you gave us last time. So I'm excited to learn even more this time. Yeah. I think, uh, are we ready to like get, get rolling here? Okay. Um, I think it might be best if I play for you guys a little audio snippet of Dow's trailer. So this is how Dow pitches itself to you, right? Okay. In 2009, over 400 people left their everyday lives to go back in time to the Soviet Union. Ordinary street cleaners, barmaids, families, famous artists, Nobel Prize winning scientists, and notorious criminals. Cut off from the modern world. For over two years, they lived and worked at the Secret Research Institute finding themselves in a familiar but strange world. People became open to new discoveries, personal and scientific. They fell in love, betrayed their friends, cheated on their lovers, ran experiments, grew old, had children, were arrested and lost everything. They traveled through three decades, ending up in 1968, changed forever. Over 700 hours of their real reactions to these extraordinary circumstances have been captured. 13 feature films in the slate of series have been created. The experiment is ongoing. Whoa. So so Dow sort of wants to live in this space of being like this avant-garde European, like... Like, this is cinema bigger than cinema, more than cinema's ever been cinema. Hmm. Like, capital C, 
cinema, cinema. capital A art, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, which is weird because we've already made like Jaws 3D, and that is right. the height of cinematic achievement. Right. Um, well, this does know, but exist. There's a new Avatar out, so like... <laughs> yeah, all this exists. Like, he's making these like. We're we're already five Fast and Furious is deep when he started. <laughs> when he you know? and we're nine deep when the movies are coming out. Like, <laughs> I mean, Fast Five isn't Fast Five like one of the really good ones, dude. Fast Five rules so hard. <laughs> I don't I can't... know. Okay, first of all, they're they all rule. They all kick ass. The they they do all kick ass in the most recent Fast and the Furious movie. Which, by the way, I hadn't. Se- I saw one. I saw the first Fast and the Furious. Okay, I was gonna say I've I seen s- that one, and then I've seen Hobbs and Shaw, and those are the only ones I've seen. <laughs> No, 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 no. My husband hates this. He wants me to watch all of them. It's like an ongoing thing. I saw the first one and then I saw the most recent one. And because the most recent one was so kick ass, I went back and watched all of them because in the in the first one, it's like, I mean, it's it's pretty sensational, but it's a it's a slightly grounded story of an undercover cop. Yeah, it's point break. Yeah, cars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then in the most recent one, they they drive a car off a cliff, use a grappling hook to screw it around. With the, I think with a the car's tire grabs yeah. the grappling hook. <laughs> their then, their cars are superpowers. They fucking fl- <laughs> yeah, they fly around and get to safety. It's Which is cool why, shit. Paige, you've seen Hobbs and Shaw, right? I've seen Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah. my my whole thing, my whole theory with that with the world of Fast and Furious, which is exactly what we should be talking about on this podcast right now. Of course. Is, <laughs> is that their the cars are their superpowers, right? Okay. It's when they say, maybe it's in the fifth or the sixth, they go, and never let them behind the wheel of a car, as it's That's like montages of all of them I getting think, in. I think, because it was in the it trailer rules. where it yeah. was like, never let them behind the wheel, yeah. So my whole theory was when they were souping up... Uh, when Idris Elba gets like the super soldier serum in Hobbs and Shaw and he's like, I'm black Superman. My whole theory was that that was going to be Nos. (laughs) (laughs) He was like becoming a car. But he's just like pounding Nos energy drinks. He's like, fun fact, this is the real shit. Like we've been putting it in our bodies this whole time. He just presses his own belly button and the Nos goes through his (laughs) (laughs) bloodstream. God. It's that's not even the most ridiculous part of the series. I want you to understand that in the most recent Fast and Furious movie, they want you to believe that both uh, Vin Diesel and John Cena are some kind of Hispanic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Hispanic okay. brothers. Okay. Yeah, brothers. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> But are we entirely sure that they aren't? Well, no, (laughs) no, but the thing is, is that in those movies, they play really fast and loose with what race Dominic Toretto is. In some movies, he's Hispanic. In some movies, he's vaguely Italian. Really? His race is Catholic. That's all you can really nail down. Okay, okay. I love it. Also, I think you meant to say they play fast and furious with Dominic (laughs) Toretto. God damn it! I fucked everything. Guys, can we restart <laughs> the pod? I can do it this time. Oh my god! Also, by the way, I just saw um, I just saw Knock at the Cabin, the new M Night oh, Shyamalan is it movie. Fucking good. Oh, yeah, good. It's I enjoyed it. I don't think I would okay. ever watch it again, but I enjoyed watching it when I did. But what I what stood out to me the An most M Night Shyamalan film. 
is that like in Fast and the Furious, they don't have to explain why John Cena's buff as hell. Like it's right. they, they're just like yeah, the rock. Yeah, like, John of course Cena. he is. It's fucking John Cena. Yeah, this yeah, is how people buff. look. Every other movie that they're in, they have to have a reason why the wrestlers are so fucking buff. Like, there's a right. movie with The Rock where they're like, yeah, I was a fat kid and then I got super buff and now I'm super buff and that's my origin story. Okay. And I've got a fake leg and I'm going to climb the skyscraper. Exactly. Uh, in this new movie with Dave Batista in it, they do not at any point explain why Dave I'm fine with that. is just buff and tatted to all shit. And they're like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a second grade teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, there was an article that for came browsers? out this week. <laughs> for browser? <laughs> there was an article that came out this week on uh, and it went was like all in our romancing the pod group where he's like no one ever wants to cast me for a rom-com and I'm like I cannot tell you how much I would watch that rom-com yeah. and I want them to just not explain it <laughs> like no it's explanation you. it's always been you always brother been you. <laughs> he flexes his head really hard and all those weird creases on his dome spell out I love yeah. it. <laughs> I'm just a guy standing in front of a girl holding these weights. Uh, he's holding he's holding the boom box up, but he just keeps pressing it. In <laughs> your eyes. Yeah. It's two boom boxes on a bar. And he's just <laughs> Oh, okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. What I'm saying is, is that a movie, a movie experience should either be 3D, four dimensional, uh, four or involve four. A, a former four wrestler that and not explain why they're super buff in oh. regular life. So, what do you classify the menu as? <sighs> a bad movie. Is actually. it 4D because you can kind of taste it? <laughs> I, I hard, hard disagree with you, Mondo. I knew nothing about the menu going into it and watched it on my couch, stoned as hell, and had the best time. The thing is, the whole is, time I, I was like, "Is this movie? This movie? This rules!" I love the menu. I love the menu. I love it so much. I thought it was uh, it paired really well with uh, Triangle of Sadness. You know, I like both of those movies tremendously, but they're not 4D. They don't have sure. a former wrestler, sure. and they're not grappling hooking a car off of a cliff, so they're bad movies. What if Nicholas Holt still had his X-Men body? Then yes. Then, then we're then back yes. in. Now, what about uh, the wrestler? I know that's not a former wrestler. It's just, it's just a car driving off a cliff grapple hooking. It's like, have you ever seen a one-trick pony? <laughs> so wild and free. That's me. <laughs> just a dude fucking working out again. Oh uh, my okay, God. sorry. So, so Dow is, um, I like to call it a KGB fan film. Ooh, right. Okay. Like, like so. So, Dow is a project that started as a biopic about uh, Russian theoretical physicist Lev Landau. Oh, okay. But ballooned into a project that spanned uh, thirteen films, seven hundred hours of footage, and seven years of real life filming. Wow. God. Kind of the way they filmed. Uh, What's the name of that movie? Boyhood, where they just like filmed constantly and then kind of cut it together yeah yeah and, and also it, they instead took... of instead of like a heartwarming coming of age story if they like tortured the boy for 700 hours oh no well well yeah so so that sort of lies therein lies the rub with Dow, right because the conceit of Dow becomes um 
after Ilya, and we'll get to it a little more later, after Ilya sort of has this, what he refers to as his artistic revelation, like his aha moment, mm-hmm. right? Which is that cinema is inherently bullshit. Yeah, I mean, As, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, in film school that my, my old film school professor used to be, uh, used to say, 24 lies per second in pursuit of the truth. <laughs> That's amazing. Or yeah. yeah. And he loved Grogu. Just yeah. Like yeah. I just loved it. I mean, like, that's that, that I was my my concentration in film school was screenwriting. And uh, one of the guys who taught my intro to screenwriting classes was one of the producers on Showgirls and Rocky. And so he basically was just like, who gives a fuck? Nobody wants to watch that shit, right? Shit people want to watch. And so like he aggressively did not did not care about something being truthful. He was very much like people watch bullshit. So I don't know what the problem is. Uh, and then for horror, I had like writing for horror movies with Phil Eisner, who wrote Event Horizon. And he just like opened the first class by drawing a xenomorph on the board was like why does this look like a terrifying dick so you know film school is a crazy way to spend 80 grand is all i'm saying i know what you i know what you mean but i like to imagine that he walked in and spent an hour just painstakingly <laughs> drawing like two minutes yeah didn't say anything did not introduce Nothing. himself for the first 30 minutes you thought he was just really intensely writing his name on the board no, guys so let's cool talk dude, about this yeah. rape monster <laughs> Basically, he he was. I came to the classroom and he was just sitting there. And because it's like college, sometimes there are just older people in college. So you're just like, cool. He just like sat down and then he got up and drew on the board. And I was like, oh, this must be the guy. And then he stepped back and it was like a perfect xenomorph. And it had been like 30 seconds. Anyway, he is super cool. But all this to say, yes, film is bullshit most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Ilya has this, this revelation, right? Uh, that, you know, once you have a dolly. And once you have a dude with a clapper board, it's all gone. The magic is dead, right? Hmm. So the only way to really film this biopic is to recreate the man's entire life. Wow. Uh, hmm. I don't. I don't think that's actually how you make a movie. No. I so, mean, so to make some Iron people Man, have tried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like i said it it, you know this thing balloons to such a scale now they have a a giant sprawling uh film appropriate set called the institute uh this institute is funded by a mysterious russian oligarch with a limitless budget I'm going to say that again. The project has Mm -hmm. a limitless budget. Mm, mm, I can think of maybe one person (laughs) that might be behind such a thing. Uh, Does he take pictures shirtless on horses? Is that who we're thinking about? So so this guy is not him, but... Okay. He's not Putin's money where his mouth is? It's Putin's money guy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So let me make that clear. Mm-hmm, this is who mm-hmm. Putin goes to when he's like, I need a little cash, bud. <laughs> His name's Sergei Adoniev, uh, and he's a cell phone oligarch. <laughs> so basically... <laughs> Sorry. I, I just recently watched Kaleidoscope on Netflix where they yeah. were selling phone cards in prison. Yeah. And my first thought was that he's just like sitting on a throne of old SIM cards. Great. <laughs> 
Well, basically, yeah. So in 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 prisons and stuff in uh, in Eastern Europe, his phone company is pretty much the only one that's used. And in Russia, it's like state mandated the only one that can be used. So wow. every so think about how rich all the phone companies in America are. Like you know what I mean? Like put together, yeah. like that's how rich this dude is. And he's been um, this like cell phone oligarch for like 40 years or something like it's insane so he's just like he's one of these like quiet like uh like super rich villains in the world that just exist and you hope like a john wick kills them one day but um (laughs) he fucking he doesn't use knives he uses motorola razors to Did you just throw a sidekick at me? Like, what is happening? They call me the Motorola Razor of Moscow. (laughs) (laughs) I want to make a movie about him, but do like, you know how they do the trailerified music? Uh, Yes. It's a world where phones still open and close. (laughs) Oh my God. We're going back to that world already. Uh, I hate it. I I want to do a trailerified version of the song that's just like, dun 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 dun. <laughs> like Inception. <laughs> well, so so like I'm saying, the the institute was created with this limitless budget, and it's something between a cult and an interactive theater exhibit. They mm. built a fully functioning city with cafeterias, barber shops, apartments, restaurants. Like it was a for all intents and purposes, about a, a quarter square mile of 1930s Soviet Russia through 1960s Soviet Russia. They actually do two time skips uh, during production. Uh, and <laughs> it is, I mean, everyone has to be in character 24-7. Mm. Yikes. Are they on camera 24? Like, do they, is it like a They Truman never show? know. They okay. never know. There's hidden cameras. There's two-way mirrors. But there's also camera people who will walk around. And you just have huh. to, like, pretend that they're not there. And okay. apparently after a few months, it becomes, like, second nature to just, like, totally ignore the cameras. Um, Interesting. Right. So it is. It really just... is, like, it's like a Truman Show on a wider scale. Yeah. Right. It's, it's Russian Truman Show, which is, like, Truman Show with no charm or likability. <laughs> 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 it's Truman Show with no Jim Carrey. Got it. Yeah. Uh, and so, like I said, this 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 thing expands because of this idea of authenticity, right? And he would spare no expense when it came to authenticity. All food on set had to have era-appropriate expiration dates, right? So if it was June 15th, 1964, it needs to say that on the cans. The toiletries had to be that like sourced that of what was available at the time. Um, my favorite example is that the toilet pipes had to be replaced because they needed to be thinner because it, it affected the, the tenor of the flush. Ilya Whoa. Said. Okay. That's madness. All right. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, well, cause and I'm thinking about things like mad men or something that have done, you know, period pieces and have invested a lot of time and even then, it's such an undertaking. And that's not even the scale that this is getting to. Like, I did um, a YouTube video with friend of the show, Katie French, about Pyrex. And she and I were texting back and forth about, like, which Pyrexes they used. 
in Mad Men and they were like era specific, like year specific. And just to make sure they were getting that right is like, it's a thing that somebody held in their hands for two seconds in a scene. Like, so to take that to a whole different level is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm impressed with the level of detail. The thing that is fucking me up is I cannot... This is coming from Armando Torres, personally. I cannot imagine a world in which I would want to make it harder for my poops to go down the pipe. That I was thinking seems, the same. Yeah. That seems like an awful, awful, awful hell that you have created for yourself. <laughs> well, it's right. well, Ilya, Ilya has his own bathrooms that, you know, these aren't... You know, he's not worried about using these. Yeah, well, yeah. somebody we'll has to, him, to but... use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, these are, you know, they're eating air appropriate food, too. So it's like, oh, so their poops like, are smaller. Okay. Yeah, and like potatoes or something. I don't know <laughs> what people in 1930s Russia were eating, but it can't have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, doubtful. Um, so in this. Like like I said, everyone was in character 24-7, and if you broke out of that immersion, if you talked about the outside world, if you mentioned one of the most uh, unspeakable words on set, Facebook, um, <laughs> if, you, if you mentioned any of this, uh, you would get uh, cited, fined, or even arrested by the actors wow. playing KGB agents, most of them actual oh. ex-KGB agents. Whoa. Okay. That, and what happens if you get arrested in this fake world? You go to jail. Real jail. So this is very... Well, they have a jail on set, but you go to it and you're stuck Yeah. In. I mean, this, this is making me... This is really reminding me of people who end up in Scientology prison for mind crime. Like that kind of a thing where it's like... In a past life, you did these crimes and you have not admitted to them or dealt with them. And so we're going to make you clean windowsills with toothbrushes and stuff. Right. Like, that's what this sounds like. I don't even want to deal with the crimes I did in this life. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm not doing that. That past <laughs> asshole's crimes. Fuck that guy. It also sounds like an X-Men like hero. Like, I mind crime. Mind <laughs> crime. <laughs> Uh, so Northman, <laughs> yeah, Northman, hell yeah, Northman, yeah. Minecraft <laughs> can back. tell he, his superpower is knowing every time you think a thought you shouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> he just texts you and he's like, "Dude, dude, dude." Um, so in this uh, pursuit of the truth for Ilya, right? Um, everything is said to be um, unscripted. Right. Everything is said to be spontaneous in the moment, things that are happening that he's just capturing the term cinema verite that Paige and I spent eighty thousand dollars learning. Um, yeah. Did you say cinema verde? Yeah. Ver cinema, not ver not, not, not cinema verde. Cinema verde. Okay. That's just that's just Tom cinema. Yeah. Tom yeah. Yeah. Cinema. Uh, but yeah, so it's uh, it, it cinema verite is sort of this idea of like just being this fly on the wall, mm -hmm. and like and and just like taking everything in almost this like little little like window into a world, right? But it's very like the director is very hands off. He's not interacting with what's happening. He's not influencing the way that anything's going. It's sort of a documentary term, right? So it's like some documentarians are very involved in their documentaries, like extremely. And some are just sort of documenting it, right? So 
he tries to have this cinema verite approach to everything. Uh, except there are scenes uh, with uh, sexual assaults. Um, uh, a scene we'll talk about later that uh, I don't think I'll need to say more than just called the bottle scene. Oh. Um, oh, uh, and yeah, then no thanks. Also, uh, <clears throat> uh, they shoot a torture scene with babies. Oh. Uh, oh which we'll talk no. about uh, in depth. Uh, but these are sort of the some of the things that everybody's like, right. But if your whole thing is that everything was real. Right. Then where does that end? And he's like, oh, no, no. It, it ends with all the problems you guys, all the parts you guys had problems with, actually. That was yeah. all fake. Everything else, super real. And he's like, and everyone's like, yeah, but like, we kind of yeah. don't believe you, weirdo. Right, right. <laughs> no, what um, you have to yeah. understand is those babies were actually 37-year-old men who I had hired to play <laughs> 1930s Andy Circus covered yeah. in little <laughs> ping pong balls <laughs> waving right. around on a table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Just I mean, Andy that Circus. is who they'd hire. Wow. <laughs> Him or the guy from Pan's Labyrinth. It's always them. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, with with the allegations of the set becoming home to rampant uh, abuse, um, much of that abuse coming from the actual neo-Nazis that Ilya casted and hired to play the Nazis that attack and destroy uh, the Institute in its finale, uh, oh, much no. like what happened in the real world. Right. Um, so the darker parts of Dow, uh, you know, the lighter parts of Dow sort of have this resemblance of like a European, um, you know, sort of a gritty European movie and the darker parts of Dow, uh, skew to like art house snuff film. Oh no. Yeah. That's dark. Uh, and, and once the film was finally screened for the first time. Um, anyone who dared enter into the five plus hour final production had to apply for a visa instead of buying a, f a normal uh, ticket. And they had to uh, undergo um, psychometric tests uh, with a specialist, uh, like hooked up to diodes and stuff to see if they were like mentally ready to watch this movie. Oh, huh. I, I feel like that I'm out. <laughs> right. I'm good. Right. That's... Uh, <laughs> I I'm not I'm not that committed to art it turns so, out. So now now that you guys sort of have this idea um I I feel the need to reiterate this is a biopic about a Russian physicist. Yeah, holy shit. In the words of Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> oh man. Um so uh yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I already kind of went there, but trigger warning for, like, sexual assault, child abuse, uh, homophobia, but bunch of terrible shit. Of course, yeah. Um, but to to really crack into, uh, into Dow, um, we have to talk about uh, its creator, right? Because this is a guy who... Um, Dao was his world and 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 he is sort of our de facto cult leader figure here, right? Um and his name is Ilya Kershinovsky. Uh so Ilya is something of Russian film royalty. 
there is a uh, very famous Russian painter named Yuri Kershinovsky, who's his grandfather, um, and a famous Russian animator named Andrei Kershinovsky, who's his father. Mm. Okay. Uh, so he was sort of always in this like high art Russia media world and family, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could say he's a Nepo baby, but like he doesn't really do the same stuff that like his dad really did. You know, his dad mm-hmm. did this really like surrealist, like sixties animation. Like they're all really creepy in my, in my YouTube video. I say they feel like doing acid and going to the bank. Oh, <laughs> like, no. <it's> <laughs> That's the worst place to do that. Yeah, that is a thing I have actually done before. I was uh, like, I, I need a loan. I took my dad to Meow Wolf to uh, Omega Mart in Las Vegas <laughs> uh, this so past cool. weekend. Yeah. Um, not on drugs. Uh, I feel like that is what that would be like. Like a mundane grocery store trip, but on acid. Totally, totally. Oh my God. Um, so after studying at the Bonn Academy of Fine Arts and the All-Russian State Institute of Cinematography, uh, which, funny enough, is the oldest film school in the world. Really? Yeah, the All-Russian State Institute of Cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it because they say so or is that real? <laughs> Welcome to Russia. (laughs) (laughs) This is an audio podcast, but yeah, but the face everyone just shrugged. Yeah, Yeah, just a question, and Kyle just made the most face I've ever Uh, seen in my life. If I do that again, I'll do the Tim Allen. So, uh, so during his uh, his time in film school, Ilya directed his first feature film uh, called Four, just the number four, which is okay. one of those film titles where you have to be like, no, it's called Four, no, like the number four, but not like the number four, just the actual number four. And I feel like he loves shit like that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like okay. shit that makes it weirdly hard for the audience to like get to the thing yeah like well, i mean that's building. when it's the most fun that's the kubrick school of filmmaking <laughs> yeah good luck making a fucking sequel idiot what are you gonna call it 42 yeah <laughs> dumbass five how would you five. land that plane you yeah know? <laughs> fucking idiot that's like uh <laughs> i watched that movie megan recently which is stylized Mithrigan? yeah Mathrigan. <laughs> in my head i was like yeah good luck making a second one dipshits what are you gonna do no they'll just put the four where the a is yeah, but there's yeah it's like four. <laughs> i know but that's the funniest Meg part Mathrigan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so, uh, you know, four actually, uh, did really good in film festivals. Uh, it won the Rotterdam film festival. Um, and based on its success, he was able to negotiate for full creative control on his next project already titled Dow. Um, so like I said, it, Dow is about a, uh, a theoretical physicist from Russia named Lev Landau. Um, he was a Nobel Prize winner in 1962. And he sort of had this like, I, I would say, I hesitate to say rock star life, but as far as scientists go, he had kind of a rock star life, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was the only scientist who would like also write about like how much he fucked. 
<laughs> now, now hold on i have to ask because he is a theoretical scientist yeah. is he talking about all the theoretical pussy he gets? i penetrated this person in theory yeah yeah hey buddy can you tell me what pussy looks like and he's like uh uh it's like double a, helix <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like a roast beef sandwich but sexy <laughs> So like the, the the stuff he did was with like quantum liquids, like I, I like don't know Newtonian what that means. liquids, like, like liquids that are both liquid, liquid and solid helium. at the same time. Quantum oh. liquid sounds like the dumbest vape company in LA. <laughs> quantum, <laughs> dude, welcome to quantum liquids, dude. Oh it smells God. like strawberry and also decadence. Yeah, dude, check this out. <laughs> This one's called Strawberry KGB. <laughs> oh, it's Kharkiv Candy Crunch, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Blowing clouds, dude. Uh, but, yeah, also, like, if you Google a picture of Lev Landau, he's not, like, I wouldn't describe him as, like, a ruggedly handsome pussy killer. Like, he is like, you know. Oh my God. Yeah, he's, he's like kind of a nerd. Right? He looks but... kind of like Taika Waititi. Oh, okay, hey, then hey, never mind. Hey, though. Yeah, I was going to say, Ta- Taika Waititi be crushing pussy. Have you guys seen those pictures from when he was filming Thor Love and Thunder? Yes. And it's like, it's like Taika Waititi on his balcony making out with like, his wife and uh, Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson oh and, the most and, and them making out together with each other yeah, in front he's of him. Like yes, drinking scotch in like a silk robe. <laughs> like, I get why this movie sucked, dude. Like, <laughs> See, I, I liked Love and Thunder. I did, and I don't care. But I just remember seeing those pictures and being like, "Good for them, man." <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought nerds fun. would get that much play? Let's do it. Look, Thor, I might for more Thor. We might be giving uh, Lev a little bit too much credit. I, I just saw a picture of him, and he looks like if Taika Waititi was a theoretical Russian scientist. <laughs> so just messier hair. Got oh, it. Oh, the got hair it, is really it. strange to look at because he has a comb over, but the comb over always looks like he's being blown by a wind machine on yeah. one side of his face. Yeah, very what we do in the USSR. Vibes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... so you know, Lev Landau is, you know, had this life filled with sex and drinking and science. And Kershanovsky thought that he would make the subject for an incredible film. Sex, drinking and science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think it's these personally, I think it's these threads of uh, sort of a, a sex obsessed genius that um, is what made Ilya so obsessed with with Lev Landau, right? Because mm. I think he saw parts of himself in Lev and wanted desperately um, to have other people think he was a genius the way that people thought Lev Landau was a genius, mm. right? Like, Ilya sort of has this genius complex. Like, Ilya Kershnovsky wears, like, big thick rim glasses and, like, a scarf and, like, a pea coat, And then, you know, he'll just come and, like, pontificate on, like, what 
you know, someone will be like, hey, did a lady get raped in your movie? And he'll be like, what is a movie? Right? <laughs> like, okay, the, the movie was not the important part of that sentence. Right. Literally. Did someone get raped? Movie or not? And he's like, like, did, he's did like this power always changes hands in ways that people cannot always control. Dude, I'm going to be real. <laughs> if you don't stop twirling your fucking scarf, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, he's like... <laughs> You got to tell me. He keeps checking a pocket watch. I mean, like, why? Did a rape occur in the past or the future? Will there always be? And you're just like, well, I don't. What is this? You're why? Go, you're going exactly, to jail, Paige. dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, exactly, Paige. That is his, his energy in 100% of interviews. Like, if you try to ask him a real question, he'll be like, you first must create the universe. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, jeez. Uh, so, so like I said, the film festival success of four led to meetings with big European film financers, right? Who uh, sort of like rushed to throw money at Ilya because he was this, he was seen as like finally like a Russian auteur that's going to like do this huge project that like how would the world not have to right. listen to this crazy thing this guy's trying to do? Right. right, this huge movie, and uh, they were actually a you know so so part of what Ilya negotiated in this situation because he held really strong in these negotiations uh, was that he'd have final cut, ability to fire any staff member he wanted, and most importantly, no deadlines. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's every creative's wet dream, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just means it would never get done because, like, as as a, a a Zoom call full of creatives right now, how many times has someone not given you a deadline and you have made any progress? Like, deadlines are the reason we finish things. It, it's so, dude. I'm halfway through editing a pilot, and it's like, it's, oh yeah, I need. To, I, I I need that's these deadlines, I, or I'm fucked. <laughs> That's what I have to work on literally as soon as we end this call. And I've been like just noodling at it and putting it off and putting it off. And then finally watched a like Instagram reel popped across my feed that was just like, just write the day. You got to fucking write it. And I was just like, fuck, like it knows it knows I should be doing this right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. I need deadlines so much that my my manager basically invented a little checkoff list thing game where every time I have to do something, it generates there and then I move it to in progress and then when I finish, I go done and it moves over and goes, "Yay!" And it's like <laughs> Oh, it's it's so they... stupid and the first time it happened, I went, "What what what am I? A fucking child?" And by the fifth time, I can't, I'm addicted to it. I love it. <laughs> We have uh, software like that at my day job, and I've been considering just buying a license for me to use at home because it like gives you is it's like you check boxes and move things. And then when you check it, it literally does like a confetti screen. Yeah. And I'm just like, I need the confetti screen. (laughs) I need it. I need to gamify my own productiveness. See, I'm just yep. I'm such a serotonin fiend. I just get the confetti screen. Uh, I just screen record it once and I just play it again and again and again <laughs> yes, and again yes, and again, yes. again, again. Till it means nothing to me. <laughs> Comedian Kyle Anderson found in a pile of his own confetti this this week. <laughs> um so uh 
so so like I said, you know, when Ilya first started filming Dow, it was so revolutionary. I mean, but but it was still mostly a a normal production, right? He wanted to do unscripted stuff. He wanted it to feel very real, but like he hadn't had this revelation yet. So mm. they filmed for almost a year, which already is a tremendous amount of time. That's super long. Of everyone I know that's worked on movies, the longest I've ever heard of is close to 14 months. Uh, and it was for Mad Max Fury Road. And they had like a break in between where they were in, I believe it was Namibia for like eight months. And then they came home for like a month and then they were uh, back in Namibia for like another six months. And and so. and I will say Mad Max Fury Road is like, it's so impressive that that, <laughs> I, I can't remember who said this, but it's my favorite quote about that movie is it looks so impressive. I can't believe they're not still filming it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I just remember she was uh, Charlize Theron's uh, assistant at the time, and so she went with Charlize wherever Charlize went. And so she was like, "Well, I'll be about, I'll be gone for like six months." I was like, "All right, I'll see you in six months." And then, like, I remember texting her, and she's like, "I'm still in Africa," and I was like, "Damn, really? All right." And then she came back, and we had brunch, and she's like, "No, I've got to go back to Africa." And I was like, "Girl, what?" It was wild. That's the most fucking COVID timeline I've ever heard of where it's like two weeks. We get two weeks off of work. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. And then Um, it'll all go away. Right. So. So when he started filming on this massive traditional set, you know, with big and there's and there's some footage I have of this in my piece on YouTube where it's like, you know, they have big soft boxes and camera dollies and massive cranes and. You know, they're like shooting on locations and, you know, they hadn't made the Institute yet and stuff. Right. Um, And it was then, you know, Ilya uh, has this quote. I understood that everything I created was bullshit. I immediately had to stop and change everything. Hmm. Okay. So. All right. But in this call, how many times in your creative life has that (laughs) happened to you, though? Every, every project ever. Every time. Uh, like I, the pilot I have to work on later today, Mondo, you read the first draft of it. Like that's one that like I beat myself up over it every time I touch it. And every single person who's read it has been like, no, it's actually really good though. And I'm just like, it's not, but it could be better. Like, it's, yeah, ugh. yeah. Every single time I've ever started or finished a project, I've gone everything before this has been total bullshit. <laughs> this is the only thing that matters. Uh, every oh. single time. Every not, time. Not me getting a tattoo from my last project. Yeah, what does it say? What does like it say? It, that much. it says I'm hip, I'm now, I'm wow. When, when, <laughs> Which is a reference great. to a thing that we... Uh, it's it's a reference to a, a, a thing that has not been <laughs> made yet. Uh, that's, I, that's all right. I have a tattoo planned for when I finish this one that is a reference to a show that I heavily referenced in it. So like, it's like beautiful. a show after a show, yeah, basically. Beautiful. Um, so, uh, so Ilya, um, you know, he, he had had this, this first version of Dow, right. Which was just going to be about, about Lev Landau's life. Um, and like I said, the project balloons so much that, that's why when this is all finished, he has these like 13 films and seven TV shows and all this content because he had to make everyone in Lev Landau's life. So like the first movie that was actually released um, is called Dow colon Natasha, which is just about Natasha, um, the girl who works in the cafeteria at Lev's job. 
That's it. Ju- that's just the just girl that works in the cafeteria. Her life. Yep. So is her life that important to his life? No. Like, do they get married or something? No, 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 no. She just like serves him lunch, and like then you'll see her in the background of other movies, like serving characters lunch and stuff, and sort of this like fucked up Russian cinematic universe. Yeah. Whoa, this is the worst MCU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moscow cinematic. I really do love Dow and the Wasp, though. When the Ant Man comes in and starts fucking shit up, that rocks. <laughs> But again, maybe it's just Paul Rudd. I'm more of a Winter Soldier kind of person. I've been on that Winter Soldier track. I'm excited for Thunderbolts, but I'm extra excited to see the guy that serves the Winter Soldier macaroni and cheese a couple, every couple days. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, but this is worse because it's the Russian Winter Soldier, which is far deadlier. You mean the Winter Soldier? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen any of you this, mean, so I don't know. Well, I mean, like Red Guardian is like Russian Captain America, but like the Winter Soldier special spends a significant amount of time with the KGB. His whole thing is kind of. Yeah, he's kind he of. He's kind of taken by them. That's, you know, that's, I'm pretty sure that's why they cast Sebastian Stan. They're like, can you speak Russian? He's like, I speak Romanian. And they're like, close enough. Let's go. All right. Yeah, they okay. go, what's the difference? I saw. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're Americans. I saw Knock at the Cabin in theaters uh, with somebody that is a huge fan of the MCU. Uh, and so... <laughs> And so the Ant-Man thing came on, the the trailer for the new Ant-Man thing, and they were like, yeah, it's so important that I get time back. And again, I don't know shit about any of these characters, so I go... Right. What is it like every time he gets small, does his like life move faster because of like relativity of like how it's this quantum works? quantum physics, bro. And, and apparently they go, no, uh, okay. To explain why getting time back for Ant-Man is so important. First, you need to create the universe. <laughs> <laughs> you need to understand the blip and how he was gone for five years. Yeah, that was the, <laughs> that was the whole thing. And then, and then how a rat kind of low key saved the universe. Yes. What the yes. Yes. Okay, maybe I am into just Marvel. a loose rat. <laughs> if a loose rat hadn't walked across a van, anyway. Um, <laughs> what? Okay. So, all right, it's fine. I'm gonna watch all of the Marvel. It's okay, Lana. We're gonna hang out and watch every Marvel movie. That'd yeah, be so fun. I'll uh, watch all the Fast and Furious if you watch all 37 or whatever Marvel movies. You are significantly better in this because all of the Fast and Furious movies rock and they're great. That's true. Not all Marvel movies rock. No, Certain ones, not, but I'll much show more than you others. The good ones. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, full so, disclosure: Fresh is my favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> uh, so, so in this original version of the of the project, um, there was a famed Russian dystopian novelist named Vladimir uh, Sorokin. Um, his works are like really well known. Uh, and he writes, you know, dystopian stuff. And so they collaborated on four. And so okay. they sort of collaborated again on Dow. <clears throat> but when he had, uh, there's like a scene in four where Ilya was just filming in this village. And there's like all these like little old like babushka ladies. <laughs> and Ilya just like started filming them. And they just sort of like pretended like the camera wasn't there and like went about their little day. And... Mm. That part of four, which was like completely spontaneous, was like what Ilya loved the most about the movie. Right. Hmm. So he was like, I want the whole thing of Dow to be that. And hmm. Vladimir is basically like, yeah, but like that's like 20 minutes that doesn't go anywhere, dude. 
Yeah. Like you just follow these old ladies and you keep waiting for something to happen, but there's like no point. And then right. Ilya's like, right, there's no point in anything. And then Vladimir's like, yeah, okay, we shouldn't make movies together then, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, college philosophy class. Right, literally. Like, like this dude is like a, uh, you know, he's older, too. He's like a a dystopian novelist. So, like, of course, he's a Russian dystopian novelist. He's a pretty nihilistic guy, and even he's like... Dude, you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Nothing matters. Great. Oh, fucking. Uh, yeah. He also, we'll talk about it later, but Vladimir has a blog where he kind of talks shit about uh, Dow, and it's, I, I, I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> I know it's just a normal name, but the, the phrase Vladimir has a blog makes me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should call it, though. Like, if your name is Vladimir yeah, yeah. and you have a blog, just like Vladimir has a blog. <laughs> Vlad's blog. Dot so, Tumblr dot com. Or call it Vlad. Vlad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vlog. Um, so, so, like I said, uh, we now need to talk about um, the money, mm. right? Um, yes. The blank check that comes from Sergei Adoniev, um, mm. the Russian uh, cell phone oligarch with close ties to the Kremlin, um, who has made headlines in the past for being um, accused of trafficking several metric tons of cocaine okay. uh, through Russia. Whew. So he's cell phone oligarch, but, you know, also kind of cocaine oligarch. A little uh, Escobar, little Pablo Escobar little, going little, on. Little, little, little flashes. Now, uh, this is interesting because... Um, while researching for this podcast, you know, I put out my video about Dow over a year ago, and most of this research, this script comes from that video. Um, but uh, th- there's some new stuff, uh, obviously, because it uh, turns out <laughs> Ukraine, pretty different place now um, <laughs> yes. than when I put out my video. Uh, and so um, this is a, an article that came out uh, in uh, January 27th uh, of 2023. And it says Russian-Israeli businessmen hit in latest batch of U.S. sanctions over Ukraine war. <laughs> so basically, uh, he, like Sergei Adoniev has been found literally, um, like like bankrolling Putin in bombing the Ukraine. Uh, so I think we're pretty okay to donk on his motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Donk Fuck on that guy. his motherfucker. <laughs> But uh, he's uh, basically right now he's he's hiding out uh, at a um, a rented villa, which uh, you can uh, actually find on Sweet Inn, which is like a European like Airbnb like website. Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's described as a villa, but luckily it has a uh, it has parking for his two yachts. So nice, <laughs> perfect. Got to get that yacht parking yeah, in, yeah, bro. Yeah. I'm uh, seeing here that it has five bedrooms, uh, six and a half baths and five cocaine tables what is that? <laughs> now what is that oh those are actually wall mirrors oh, uh, you're not supposed to move the art yeah, but a, that'll be listed in the cleaning fee piano like at the back of the comedy store <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's staying in the back of the comedy store you know uh, Richard Pryor used to have that dressing room <laughs> <laughs> you know Richard Pryor used to have a cell phone company um, <laughs> So, just kind of uh, interesting that he's, you know, um, you know, he's 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 still out there being active, doing 
doing stuff. But that's also probably why uh, Dow needed uh, to uh, downsize towards the end of the mm. production. Like you, you'll see when we get to the end, it's, they sort of run out of money and quick. And I think that a lot of that has to do with uh, Russia needing that money um, mm. for, you know, evil Russia shit. Um, <laughs> so with Sergei's limitless funding secured, uh, it allowed Ilya to take the production this far. And it's estimated that about a hundred million dollars went into the Dow project. God, that's Damn. a lot. That's like four iPhones. <laughs> If you buy them outright, it's what I'm <laughs> without that AT&T next up. Yeah, yeah no, I'm yeah. really is this funny? Is this comedy? Making fun of how expensive phones are? <laughs> Can you tell Guys, it's like these two kids. dozen eggs? It's great. Can you tell I just started paying for my own phone bill for the first time in my life? Uh, dude, you gotta get on Mint Mobile, brother. Um, <laughs> I'm over here on Mint Mobile with Detective Pikachu, and it's dope. Um, <laughs> with Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I just call him Detective Pikachu now. Uh, oh. So, you know, obviously $100 million movies get made all the time, you know, but they're, you know, yeah. your Fast and the Furiouses or your Ant-Mans, but they're your not. Your Gray-Mans. Yeah. yeah. Cinematic More masterpieces is what we're saying. But, you know, they're not. Avatar 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. They're not, you know, theoretical physicists, uh, biopic, slow, you know, cinema verite art house experiment films. Right. <laughs> um, and when asked uh, in an interview uh, about, you know, Sergei Adoniev uh, being the funding source, Kershanovsky defended Sergei, saying Sergei is an extraordinary and brilliant person. Without Sergei's support, Dow and many other ro uh, Russian cultural projects would be unthinkable. He's told me he supports unique projects that no one else would subsidize. Like a war with Ukraine. Like a war with Ukraine. And then like, you know, a film that asks the question, where, when, and why is rape? We definitely did it, but those questions persist. <laughs> Did you did you fund a war with Ukraine? Well, first of all, <laughs> what even is cinema? No, that's not that's what not, we asked. Oh, no, Sergey, is it really even a war? It's like, yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Well, maybe to you, but first we have to create the universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that has quickly become my the Ukraineverse. Yeah. <laughs> the Ukraineverse. <laughs> first, you must create the Ukraineverse. Ukraineverse. Um, so, you know, basically the massive set for Dow was the biggest ever created in Europe and was located in Kharkiv, Ukraine, uh, and began renovating grounds that used to be a huge Olympic sized swimming pool in the sixties and seventies. Wow. So basically they gutted this huge, like aquatics facility complex? slash like, yeah. complex and built out parts of it and built it all up and basically filled a pool with a bunch of Russians. And, <laughs> uh, and that's, that's the Institute. Um, and it is, you know, like I said, uh, a exact replica of these top secret Soviet research facilities from the sixties. Um, and it is a near fully functioning, uh, air appropriate Soviet city. 
because he wanted to be able to control every aspect of filming, right? He wanted to be able to film 24 hours a day. He wanted microphones hidden in every lighting fixture, every plant. Um, Real everything. authentic to the KGB. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Literally. Um, he it's was like, I want authentic. things mic'd like how the KGB would spy on Mic people. things. Like he yeah. was obsessed with that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, there were, like I said, skylights, two-way mirrors, uh, windows like you were constantly being filmed um and you know uh, some of you know even the other camera people had to be digitally removed from other shots um which added to the over 2000 vfx shots the project had to do in post jeez they actually created their own VFX company called like Koala VFX or something. <laughs> and they bragged that number over 2000 VFX uh, shots to get rid of like equipment and stuff. That's also 2000 VFX shots over the course of seven movies and several TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's still a lot. It's still a fuck a fuck ton. It's still a lot, but it's, yeah, it is less crazy I mean, in the context to... of 700 hours of footage. Yeah. Yeah, and to give you an idea, because this is a movie that's mostly just about regular ass everyday life, right? Mm. So Avengers Endgame had about 2,500, 2,496 VFX shots over three hours uh, of pretty much every single frame having something computer generated in it. This is just people walking around. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's 20 minutes of babushka grandmas, and they have the same number as Endgame. (laughs) Well, we had to adjust the paisley on her headscarf. <laughs> mm. Right, mm. right. So <clears throat> I think before we sort of jump into the nitty gritty of how they were filming on set and stuff, it might be a good place to stop for our part two. I don't know if you guys, if that sounds good to you guys. Yeah. And then yes. we can pick this back up uh, sort of now that we know what Dow is, what Ilya, who Ilya is, and sort of the, the thought process, we can actually start to, to see how this thing affected other, like the other people involved. Yes. So awesome. to put it in words, you would understand first we created the universe and now we Correct. can play around. In it. <laughs> right. Uh, we just did uh, Fast and the Furious 1 through 4, yeah. right? And so the next mm-hmm. part is about is to be 5, five through, through 10. Or whatever. So he's going to rip, daddy. This is, yeah. That's how I want to describe everything that we make from now on. Like, <laughs> in the beginning of every episode, I want to be able to go, this is a very Fast 9 type episode right here. All right? Ludacris is here, hacking into stuff. Cars are falling into space. That's one of my like, favorite things everything. about Ludacris. Chris in those movies he starts as like just a dude who like replaces like like stereos like and cars yeah. <laughs> at like a place in Miami and by the newest movie he's like hacking NASA wall being in like a rocket ship that's like being <laughs> shot into space I tried to explain this movie to my mother and I was like yeah they go to space in a car and she goes no they don't stop lying you're making it seem worse than it is I swear on the acting career of Christopher Ludacris Bridges. I would never lie to you. I would never lie to you about Fast and the Furious, but that's how it, that's how pardon the expression, that's how ludicrous these movies have become is <laughs> describing them to my own mother makes her think her son is lying to her. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Uh, Ludacris doesn't do this anymore, but his Twitter, he used to just like repost crazy memes and videos and then just like hashtag it. That's ludicrous. But then spell it differently every time. And it was one of my favorites. The hashtag doesn't even work. Yeah. It just, like Sometimes he spells it ludicrous like the way you would spell it, like the word. Sometimes it's his name. Sometimes it's a crazy, like homogenized version of the two. And now he's just like a dad of four girls learning how to cook. But back in the day, he was just misspelling shit like crazy. Speaking of Fast and Furious characters' uh, social medias, if you've never uh, taken a, a, a peruse, a stroll through the garden of Tyrese's Instagram, uh, it is, he's like one of those people that is believes any video he sees on the internet. So it'll be like the fakest, like alien, like walking through thing, like walking through a driveway. It'll be like, see, dog. This kind of shit they don't want you to see. <laughs> but I'm going to make sure you fucking see it. Hashtag that's ludicrous, Christopher, dude. That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. <laughs> uh, it, wait, is it ludicrous, Christopher, or ludicrous Christian? It's Christopher. Chris Christopher. Yeah, Christopher Bridges. Um, Luda Christopher right now is learning about cumin and other spices <laughs> while he learns how to cook. Oh. And I, I appreciate that journey for him. I thought you meant Kuman, that place that all the smart kids went for. I mean, tutoring. honestly, also probably he's very committed to being a good dad to his daughters and that includes their education. Well, holy shit. Thank you so much for joining us, Kyle. Where can people find you? Um, check out my YouTube. Uh, I'm, I'm covering basically, like I said, basically my same script for the video. So you probably don't want to watch my Dow video because that's just, I'm actually going into more detail on this podcast. Um, but my other videos on there, uh, on Kyle Anderson comedy on my YouTube and also Kyle Anderson comedy on Instagram. If you want to uh, see where I'm doing shows. Yeah. You should definitely check out uh, your Chris D'Elia documentary. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paige, Paige is saying she's a big fan of Crystalia, which is I think no, a weird. Choice, I am not. Paige. The one time he and I had a conversation, he was such a raging dickhole that I was like, "Why is anyone this guy's friend?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just uh, look. We don't have to talk about it or go into detail. I do want to uh, just as a as a side note. I got into watching this really dumb show on Netflix called You. Uh, in which you oh with Penn Badgley oh yeah in which the second season the one of the the plot line that Chris D'Elia is in is that he plays and this is all true in the show uh, Chris D'Elia plays a stand-up comedian who uses uh, his fame to lure underage girls to have sex with him so that or or that he can take advantage of them uh, and that he is a horrible pedophile that again where'd they get that idea i don't know i don't know it's fucking did they crazy. just talk to his friends and see what was up no i i, I will I, I i will say um in my documentary i never uh i never call him a pedophile he does call himself one twice but I never, <laughs> that's uh, on him though that's i on never him. actually do that no 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 your documentary <laughs> is laying out allegations facts and sources that's what it is it's a compilation of information done in a very uh digestible way Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, check out my YouTube stuff. Uh, most of it's not um, <laughs> that video. Uh, some of them are very fun, I swear. Uh, uh, some of them are real fun. There's one about a, a rap group from Warwick, Rhode Island that are just like an insane microcosm of the internet that I discovered called Warrack. 
Um, and they're very interesting. I, I say, you know, if you, if you think I'm funny or whatever, if you like my stuff, go check out my Warack video. Go check out my other videos on my YouTube. Uh, really helps me over there. Um, any support? Yeah, and I know he said not to, but you should go check out the Dow video to see some of the visuals that uh, happen. I think it really adds to this entire story. Yeah. Is to see. Because otherwise, you're just going to picture Taika Waititi doing all this crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be clear. It is. That may have been. Uh, I may have given him too much of a compliment <laughs> uh but yes hey if you want to find me on the internet i'm very easy to find at mondo does stuff that's m-a-n-d-o does stuff all one word uh that's on instagram tiktok twitter uh i do twitch streams whenever i remember to do them um that's about it okay good night good luck goodbye <laughs> good, night. good luck goodbye uh hey everybody it's Paige. you can find me on instagram at rampage wesley on twitter at Paige wesley uh for the show panic fest april the first week the first weekend of panic fest uh we will be having both cult podcast and horror virgin shows we'll update with more details as we have them so you guys can get tickets if you want to go and as you heard earlier in the episode uh, i will be in tokyo june 2nd through the 4th uh, and I will update you with additional show times and stuff there because there will be a few different shows, largely in Shibuya. Um, and if you want to listen to me other places, you could listen to Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod. Uh, or if you don't like my voice, but you like my thoughts, you can listen to Ship Hits the Fan. <laughs> um, but that's it for me. Love you so much. Bye. If you want to follow the show on Instagram, you can at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you filmed something for like 700 hours, don't send that shit to us. We don't have time to watch it. But if you have like a copy of Fast 9, go ahead and send that to 3756 <laughs> West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, like, like The, the shining. shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. Yeah. Send us a VHS copy of Fast 9. Yes. And I'm going to say this. Maybe don't drink NOS. Uh, but <laughs> also don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah.